Unscripted Podcast starts right now. Overtime begins. Tavares and Ovechkin, the two captains out there. Boychuk bombs it in from the neutral zone, and it's gloved down by Holpe. Letty keeps it in left point. Snapshot deflected on goal. Good left hand save. Rebound, they score! John Tavares has won it in overtime! 15 seconds into the extra session, and the Islanders have their first playoff overtime win in 22 years! How about that call from Chris King? And now Chris is nice enough to join us on the phone line. Chris, how are you? Thank you so much for a couple minutes. Oh, anytime, guys. It still sounds good uh, even this many hours later. It was uh, it was quite a day at the old barn today, for sure. You mentioned it, quite a day at the barn. A great call, by the way, all day and all season long for the New York Islanders. Chris, you've been calling games for a while for the New York Islanders. You've been around the Coliseum for a while. Was today the loudest you've ever heard it, or have you heard it louder? Yeah, you know, it's close, guys. It's tough when it's, uh, you know, it's getting up there in those decibel levels. I certainly think, you know, the playoff games are, are the way that, uh, you know, it's been the loudest. Uh, I still go back to, uh, you know, the 0-2 series against the Maple Leafs and maybe the Sean Bates penalty shot in Game 4 that uh, that won that game and even the series at two apiece. But certainly that Leafs series in 0-2. And, uh, and then two years ago, the three home games against the Penguins, it was pretty loud. But today, I, I think when Tavares scored uh, 15 seconds in overtime, that might have had a new uh, death record for the Coliseum. The roof somehow stayed on, but uh, it really was just an incredible day from start to finish, and you know, leave it to the captain to have the big moment when they needed it the most, and uh, you know, now have a, nice, uh, have a nice 2-1 lead in the series now as well. Now, Chris, this was actually the second straight game. The Islanders blew a third-period lead. What did they do differently this time around? What did Tavares have to do differently to get that going overtime? Yeah, you know, it was a little different story because they really got run over in, uh, in D.C. down there on Friday night when they had a 2-0 lead and a 3-1 lead and really the Caps came storming back and really dominated them in that uh, second and third period. But really today the Islanders, you know, dominated the first. They outshot them 16-5. to They outshot them 17-8 uh, in the second. And the Caps finally got the momentum going in the third where really that was the only period they dominated. And to me the Islanders still, you know, kind of took the play to, to them towards the end of regulation. But, uh, you know, they just went for it right off the opening face. There's not much to say. 15 seconds in, they fought hard to win that opening face off. Johnny Boychuk... You know, has that big shot. Braden Holpe gloves it, and I think if he could do it over, he certainly would have, you know, held it and taken the whistle. But he tried to dump it off to John Carlson, who made a real, you know, weak clearing attempt. And Nick Letty did a great job to hold it in at left point. And again, give Kuhleman credit too. A lot of people missed a little deflection in front. Kuhleman got a piece of it. And I've watched it so many times since I've got home now, uh, you know, TiVoing the NBC broadcast, but it actually really does pinball around off the left pad of Braden Holpe, off the stick of Brooks Orpik, back off the stick of Braden Holpe, and then John Tavares has just this little chip over the right leg of Holpe and in the back of the net, and, uh, and then the celebration was on. So, you know what, they got it over quickly. Everybody's nervous, and obviously the Islanders having taken home ice away from the Capitals in the first two games, didn't want to give it back with an overtime loss, and uh, boy, they, they made everyone go into a frenzy just 15 seconds in. Chris, it seemed like today was one of the most physical games the Islanders have played all season long. Do you think it had anything to do with or any correlation between the comments by Alexander Ovechkin a couple days ago? Well, you know, for those who missed it, Ovi said, uh, let's see, I don't think the Coliseum will be louder than Verizon Center, and <laughs> 
Boy, the fans had fun with them today because, uh, you know, they were chanting all day long at them, can you hear us, can you hear us? So <laughs> that was neat. We had uh, Kyle Oposo on between periods, and we're asking him about the noise in the barn, and, and Kyle said, uh, I'll tell you guys one thing, it's a heck of a lot louder than Verizon Center, so he kind of took his own little shot at Ovi. But then Ovi, you know, if you watched uh, after the Backstrom goal, he really gave it to the Islander bench. He skated by the bench and really tripped up the bench. So, I mean, he was stirring it up. But you're right, guys. They really did have an unbelievable physical game today. I'm looking at the the final hits for the Islanders. They had 44 hits in the game, led, of course, by Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck, the league leaders in the regular season in that department. But those two combined for 15 hits. And you look at some of those hits, uh, you know, Kyle Oposo knocked Eric Fair out of the game. Cal Clutterbuck briefly put Marcus Johansson out of the game. Uh, he did return, but it was an extremely, extremely physical hockey game on both sides. You know, the Caps gave it as well as Lubomir Viznovsky was knocked out of the game, and he came back. He got run over by Ovechkin, you know, seconds before he set up the uh, the Kyle Oposo goal. So it really went both ways. I guess you could call it just a typical playoff game, but, boy, what a physical element from both sides. Now, Chris, you mentioned Alexander Ovechkin, but what did you think of Johnny Boychuk's performance defensively today? He wasn't on the stat sheet, but he was phenomenal on the penalty kill. He had that that one helicopter sweep play to knock the puck off a shot from Ovechkin. What did you think of his performance on the ice today? I thought he was absolutely outstanding, guys. It might have been his best game as a New York Islander. And, again, for those who don't follow the game close enough, down in Washington, D.C., you know, the Islanders didn't have last change, so Jack Capuano would have to change on the fly if he wanted to get Johnny Boychuk out there against Alexander Ovechkin. And obviously it's a different story at home when you do have last change. So as many times as he wanted, he got Boychuk out there, the right defenseman, against Ovechkin, the left wing, and he was all over him. He was just draped all over him all afternoon. And, you know, you're talking about that great play to end the second period. The Islanders had taken the one nothing lead just past the midpoint of the frame. Caps go on a late power play. Ovechkin gets it in his money spot, which is that left circle. And Johnny Boychuk lays his body out, diving onto his belly, first to poke it off Ovechkin's stick. And then I like the term you used. The, the helicopter move, <laughs> yeah. laying on the belly, just spinning those propellers until he uh, knocked it out to center ice, and then, then the buzzer sounds. But, I mean, it was that type of effort from Johnny all day long, and, and you realize why he is such a great shutdown defenseman uh, with the job he did on Ovechkin, who didn't end up on the score sheet at all. So, to me, he is the unsung hero for the Islanders today. Johnny Boychuk is without a doubt. From one Islanders defenseman, Chris, to another, any update on Travis Hamannick and when we might or will see him in this series? Yeah, it, it's so hard right now, guys, because teams go in uh, sequester mode, if you will, once you get into the playoffs with the injuries. they all Very secretive, yeah. Yeah, undisclosed is the only term we're getting on Travis Hamannick. Of course, he took that big hit from uh, Long Island native Rob Scuderi in the final road game of the year, the second-to-last overall game in Pittsburgh. And again, they go with undisclosed injuries, so, you know, he could be back tomorrow or he could not be back at all, and you wouldn't know the difference. Now, again, I kid when I say he could be back tomorrow because he obviously hasn't skated. We haven't even seen him around the building. So uh, his status is certainly uncertain for the rest of this series. But give uh, you know the other guys a lot of credit who've uh, stepped up and really filled his role nicely on the road. You know, Hickey and Viznovsky have been picked on a lot by Barry Trotz with the last matchup. But today Jack Capuano had his last change, and he certainly made the most of it, getting Johnny out there uh, as much as he could against the grade eight. And one of those guys that stepped up today was the goalie for the Islanders, Jaroslav Halak. A lot of talk is obviously about Tavares for scoring the game-winning overtime goal. But Halak played really well in the net as well. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I thought he was solid. Uh, I really did, and especially when the Caps, you know, applied all that third-period pressure. And, boy, if you guys, uh, again, take a good look at the only goal he allowed, the Backstrom shot from the high slot, 
He's got Ryan Strom inadvertently screening him. He's got Ovechkin screening him. And Backstrom's shot goes through both and hits the underside of the crossbar and into the back of the net. So if that's the only goal you're allowing, you had a pretty good game. And I thought Yarrow was terrific. And, and let's not forget down the other end. You know, Braden Holpe had 40 saves, you know, a, a game after missing one with uh, illness and apparently was very ill in game one where the Islanders beat him as well. So I thought Braden Holpe was the difference in the game when the Islanders, you know, came storming out there. Were out shooting Washington ten nothing to begin the game in the first seven and a half minutes. They were out shooting them thirty three thirteen through two periods, and it was only a one nothing lead. So if Boychuk's the Islander unsung hero, Braden Holpe is certainly that for the Washington Capitals. Now, Chris John Tavares, obviously prior to the overtime period, pretty quiet throughout the series. How important was it for the Islanders to get John going offensively, especially as we get to games four and five of this series? I think it was real important. And again, down in D.C., when Barry Trotz had the matchup last, you know, it was a ton of Brooks Orpik and John Carlson against John Tavares. And you're right, he was very quiet. He did have assists in both games. He didn't have any shots on goal in the first game. He only had two shots on goal and none through a period and a half in the second game. So, you know, they had really found a way to get their matchup, just like the Islanders did today with Ovechkin, uh, to, to slow him down. But, boy, you know, I, I talked about it earlier. If there's ever a guy who just has a knack for the big moment, he had four overtime winners in the regular season, one off the NHL record. He's got eight overtime winners in the regular season, which is an Islander team record. And today, you know, undoubtedly the biggest goal he's ever had as a New York Islander, his first overtime goal in a playoff game. And uh, it couldn't have come at a better spot when the Islanders, you know, were looking to, to keep that home ice advantage, and he helped them do that. And one of those goals that he had in the regular season, well, of, the, of those four, was actually against the Capitals was at the Coliseum. Absolutely. Now, you look at the three games against Washington at the, Capo- uh, the Coliseum, guys, right? All three are overtime wins. Johnny <laughs> Boychuk had a power play goal. John Tavares had a power play goal in the regular season, and now John Tavares another one. So uh, they need to cover the guys named John better uh, when games get to overtime, apparently, because they've lost all three. Yeah, one more thing, Chris, before we let you go. Just being able to see the Coliseum light up again this year, how great was it to finally see the Coliseum roaring again like it has been all season long? It's been tremendous, guys. And I think, you know, fans forget a year ago they won 13 home games. It was tied for the fewest in the entire NHL. They nearly doubled that this year. Today was the 28th sellout in 42 home games and now 12 straight sellouts. And, again, I was there very early, 9 a.m. this morning, and the parking lot's already jammed with people tailgating and chanting, let's go Islanders. So, I mean, this thing, you know, Doc Emmerich, I know, noted on the broadcast today, he heard him at 7 a.m. He was over at the Marriott in the hotel. He said he heard his first let's go Islander chant at 7 a.m. So, you know, when the guys themselves, when the players tell you they can feel the room shake before they even hit the ice, uh, you know, they, to me, they have the best home ice advantage right now in the entire National Hockey League. They really do. And finally, Chris, what's your favorite Nassau Coliseum memory? You know, there's so many as a fan and as a broadcaster. Uh, I've been asked that a lot in this, uh, you know, final season. Today's going to be up there, I'll be honest. Today is going to be up there. It, it puts itself right with everything else. And uh, I mentioned the Bates penalty shot for me was, was probably the best moment, uh, you know, of my broadcast career. And I also put Al Arbor night up there. The, you know, you don't remember a lot of regular season games, but the night Al Arbor came back in November of 2007 to uh, to coach one more time and Miro Shatan scored twice in the third to beat the Penguins to give him that win uh, was a special special night but i think for everybody that was there today and again i have my brother there with his young sons i think this will be you know the, the the game they remember 
just as much as the Sean Bates penalty shot. And let's remember, the Islanders lost the series. Yeah, they lost that Bates series had to the Toronto. Penalty shot. So, you know, it's that memorable in a loss. If they go on and, you know, win this series, let's say they run it from here and win the next two, everyone will always say, where were you when John Tavares scored 15 seconds into overtime, you know, to put the Islanders back on top in the series. So today, for me, goes right up there with, uh, with all those great memories I have in the old barn on Hempstead Turnpike. Chris, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your night and joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so any much, problem, Tom, any, any, any time, guys. No problem at all. Always great to talk Stanley Cup hockey with you. Listening to the Asmund and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.